justice for the blind Just something that'll find in the rhymes that are coming from my mind Used to come in from behind Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody Or good afternoon, whatever uh, Welcome to the latest episode of the 476ers podcast I don't know what episode number it is I promised falsely last time that I would remember this time And it was a lie And if you still trust me, then <laughs> Hey, you know, that's a you problem. It's not a me problem. Uh, I am sitting here with my new little setup here. So hopefully the audio sounds good. I think the audio quality should be improved. Um, it's like Nick Nurse. You know, it's like I bought a Nick Nurse setup after having a Doc River setup, which choked in the playoffs, uh, which didn't have an actual system running. Um and yeah, now we have a system running here that is going to take us far. It's going to take us very far. Um, so yeah, let's talk about the Sixers. Um, wow. You know, Joel won MVP last year, obviously. And, you know, you guys haven't heard from me in a while. So I'm going to say something very obvious. But uh, this is Joel's best season in his career. Uh, and it's it's in my opinion, not even close if you're watching game to game. And it's not just about the numbers. Sure, he's averaging 35, 12, and 6. Um, you know, rounding up, I think right now after yesterday's game, it's 34.8, 11.8, and 6.2 assist a game. Uh, two blocks a game, one steal a game. His turnovers are still around his career average, which is good. You know, obviously you'd like to see the turnovers go down, but he is uh, has the highest usage rate or one of the highest usage rates in the NBA as of yesterday. So um, the fact that his his turnover rate has, you know, it's a tick higher, I think his career rate is 3.2 and this year is at 3.6, something like that. Um, so although it's, you know, whatever, it's still not, Bad, you know, especially when you you account for six assists a game and you account for 35 points a game. Um, it's not even comparable. His rebounding, uh, you know, if you've listened to me, you know how much I hate how he rebounds. I hate lack of effort that he gives at times when he's rebounding. And this year, that is not the case. He is putting a ton of effort on the defensive end, um, even at times giving second efforts, even at times, you know, more aligned with what he looked like his, you know, rookie season in his second year when in those years defensively, he was so destructive. He was all over the court. And this year is the first time he's looked like that uh, since then. And, you know, running out, contesting three-pointers in the corner, um, just the extra effort that he was not giving. He has not been giving in the years past. Uh, and, you know, the most ironic thing being that he can only miss four more games. <laughs> he can only miss four more games. Otherwise, he will not be eligible for MVP. I don't, I don't think he'll be eligible for all-NBA all honors. Uh, and the NBA will then swiftly have to change the rule from 70 games to 65 games, which is where it should have always been. You know, like anything below 65 games, I think is probably too much. I think 65 is a good medium. Um, when you look at Kawhi, he's missed, I think, four or five games already. <clears throat> and in this day and age, players just miss games sometimes for rest, for whatever. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, you know, the idea that now when you're especially, you know, this may be, you know, uh, racist or sizist, you know, racist to sizes, not not racist to races. But the idea that a 7'3", 280-pound dude may 
need to miss a couple more games than let's say a Shea or one of the smaller players, you know, I think that's pretty like accurate and normal. Big guys don't usually last as long, especially big athletic guys um, because of the constant wear and tear on their knees and their feet and all of that. So, you know, bigger guys having to miss more games, I think is fine. Like, I don't think it's, it's necessarily bad. I think if Joel played, 68 games this season and you tell me he's in those games 60 and fucking eight let's say because which is possible considering that when he plays we are right now 21 and five um you know which so yeah not not 60 and eight but you know essentially you know you're looking at like uh uh 58 and 10 pace something like that 57 and 11 pace in 68 games if he played all 68 games then i think he would garner the mvp the mvp considerations considering all the shit that he's gone through you know the the big thing here is <clears throat> i mean we could talk about last night's bull game bulls game if we want i i don't even think it's necessary i mean this man poor Andre Drummond thought he wasn't a starting center anymore. He didn't have to deal with Joel's bullshit anymore, especially when he was backing him up. He was like, oh, God, I don't have to deal with this guy's shit anymore. And only to end up on this Bulls team that's been playing really well of late. And ever since they essentially, ever since Zach Levine got this injury that has taken a month out of his career somehow, um, ever since that happened, you know, they've been playing great. Andre, everyone's celebrating him. Had a 2020 on Saturday. Go, Andre. Go, Dre. Dre Drummond. Dre Drum. Way to go. You know, Joel's ankle. And mind you, that 2020 was against us. And Joel didn't play. That was Saturday. And, you know, only to have to come here and see Joel there is joking with him before a tip-off. He's trying to trying to check his temperature. He's trying to check Joe's temperature. Like, hey, what's good, Joe? Hey, man, how you doing, man? I'm glad to see you back on the court. You know, I know you hurt your ankle. Uh, glad to see you out here, man. You know, I, you're playing great. I'm really proud of you, man. And Joel very sternly just proceeds to light him up. And, and he made him look like a high schooler. If you've ever seen a pro player play a high schooler outside of Steph playing Chet that one time, which maybe probably the one, you know, one, one time he got the best of them, whatever, whatever. It happens every now and then. Um, I promise you, I could throw up a hook shot that'll, that'll drop on Scotty Pippen by accident. Um, prime Scotty, probably not, but <laughs> probably not. Um, but the point being, you know, if you ever see a pro player against a high schooler, that's really good. You know, they make them look like children. And that's exactly what Joel made Andre Drummond look like yesterday. Um, you know, Drummond had a full goatee when he started the game. By the end of the game, he only had a mustache left. Um, <laughs> just made that up. That was a good one. Anyway, just, uh, just jumpers, just killing him with jump shots, turnarounds. Uh, it's just wild. I mean, Joel... You know, I know there are a lot of people who are throw, beginning to throw this around that he may be the best offensive center of all time. And there is an argument when you're talking about skill set. You know, like if you look at Dirk versus Tim Duncan, is Dirk a better overall player than Tim Duncan? Absolutely not. No, everyone's going to take Tim Duncan always. Um, but if you're talking about offensive skill set, then of course, Dirk has the, the, the you know, Dirk is maybe the best power forward of all time, the best uh, uh, with the most offensive skills, the best offensive skill set of all time, even though KG had a, a, 
uh, an incredible skill set. I don't think it was so developed like, you know, he was doing things other power forwards weren't doing, but I don't know how to explain it. You know, it was outside of the basketball move. It was just, you know, something a little bit different coming off on pull-ups and stuff like that. Whereas Dirk just has everything in his, I don't need to quantify this at all. I mean, this is all nonsense, but um, the point being, Joel is, you know, could do Shaq if he wanted to. If he wanted to just bully ball everyone, hit you with a drop step and a little baby hook. He could do that all the time. It's funny when he does it, it looks unnatural because it looks too not an, it does not enough. You know, like the things that Joel does offensively, I mean yesterday he, you know, grabbed a rebound, brought it up full court and hit a pull up three pointer. Like it's not like it's supposed to happen. And it's not supposed to happen. I think we sometimes get a little uh take that for granted you know what i mean and listen joel frustrates me by the end of last season i was saying well we could we blow it up it's time to blow it the fuck up but i was right to feel that way because joe playing under doc wasn't great joe playing with james harden wasn't great and here's the thing here's the thing that i've been screaming now for five years since the fucking al horford experiment joel knows when something isn't right on the court when it's not working right, you see it on him. And that's the biggest thing I'm going to ever take away from him. If I had to give a Hall of Fame induction speech, I would tell him that. You know, I would be, when he goes off, I'd be like, listen, you were mercurial. You got upset when you saw Al Horford come out on the court to play with you. You were upset playing with Ben Simmons. You were upset playing with James Harden. And then the first time you were not upset was after we traded James Harden. Because that is the difference this year. When people, you know, I thought it was silly when people were like, oh yeah, we, did we want to talk about the game? Oh, fuck it, I'm on a tangent. When people talked about, oh, I mean, why would James Harden want to, I mean, James Harden made Joel the MVP last year. I thought that was the craziest thing I'd ever heard in my life. That is the take of someone who isn't watching the Sixers Every day. And listen, here's the thing. I want to give some grace here because if you're a national basketball person, if you're Bill Simmons, if you're Ryan Rosillo, if you're any of these guys, you're not watching every game. It's impossible. I'm not watching every game and I watch a lot of basketball and I'm not watching every game. It's impossible. How could I watch every I, I have other things I need to do. It's their job to watch a lot of basketball and it's still impossible to watch every game. So you're not going to live with the ups and downs. You know, the thing that's frustrating is the Philadelphia people who cover basketball who don't understand this yet about Joel. Joel wears it right on his face and his body language and his effort. If it don't fit right, you'll see it on him. Last year, it wasn't fitting right. The James Harden thing, it, it looked good at times, sure. But the offense was so fucking, like, I hated that offense. And I think Doc hated it too, except that Doc is complicit. If the shoe fits, you wear it. If the glove fits, you must not acquit. You know, which is the opposite of what Johnny Cochran said. Because at the time, the glove did not fit. But in this case, the glove fits like a motherfucker. You were complicit, Doc. It's okay. You weren't the doctor for us. And there was James dribbling 
18 seconds, then he passes it to someone else. Here's the hot potato. You figure it out then. Yeah, it's not great. You know, that offense wasn't a thing, but you can find a bunch of videos right now on YouTube done by... And be careful when I say a bunch of videos done on YouTube because then you motherfuckers will go find some shit that'll turn into a conspiracy theory about basketball that is wild. So be careful. Go to these, go to B-Ball Breakdown. Go to uh, Thinking Basketball and watch them break down the Nick Nurse offense. And you can learn why this offense, one, can generate baskets when Embiid isn't in the game. And two, is why Joel is looking so comfortable offensively. It's why his assist numbers are so high. Joel has every option to do whatever he wants, essentially. And everyone is playing off of him, except that at that same token, we have one of the highest paces in the NBA. So guys like Toby can get out into transition and get easy buckets. Guys like Tyrese can speed down the court, get easy buckets. All of... We have actual athletes on the court now, unlike years previous where we were lacking in athletes. Now we actually have athletes. Melton is an athlete. Maxie is an athlete. But we're not slowed down by guys like James Harden anymore. We're not slowed down by Ben going to the rim and then passing it out to a three-pointer, doing a, a 180 in the air and throwing it to the three-pointer. We're not slowed down by those things. We're not encumbered by those. This is an unencumbered offense. This is the first time that Joel has had a team built for him. And this has always been my thing. Anytime you'll ever hear me argue Joker and Joel, the only time I'll ever argue their skill sets, I think Joker is a better offensive player. If you can even believe that just because of how he controls the game offensively, he dictates the pace. This Joker this year right now, he came in out of shape because this isn't the Joker that ran through the playoffs last year because that Joker was a a one-man fast break against the Lakers. That is why they beat the Lakers because he was a one-man fast break against them, constantly beating beating Anthony Davis down the court. So that Joker who understands basketball at that level, Joel isn't quite that. But Joel is like a fucking amoeba in that he can just essentially... He can adapt to anything. And that is Joel's greatest skill set. Is that if you give, if you, Joel is going to be productive in any system. But once you have a good system for him, then this is what you get. So that I, that's why I always said the idea of James Harden, made, what, what's going to be this year? Maxi made him the MVP this year? Nah, it's not possible. It's not possible. The idea that Joel doesn't make players better, that's not possible because Maxi is arguably better playing with Joel, for sure. He's been made better working with Joel. And credit to Maxie's, because one of the biggest things about, one thing that we don't talk about enough probably, we assign too many platitudes to, is, you know, like, well, this guy doesn't make anyone better, or that guy doesn't make anyone better. And in some cases, that may be true, but in some cases, it isn't so simple. Right. MJ couldn't make certain guys better guys who were maybe just didn't have the right mentality to play next to MJ. You know what I mean? He wouldn't have made me better. Fuck. no, I'm too sensitive. We would have been fighting every day. I would have been getting my ass whooped every day. MJ would have been beating the shit out of me every day. And I would have been in tears constantly. I would have stood no chance playing under MJ, but under Tim Duncan's tutelage, yeah, I'd probably, I would probably flourish in that type of thing. Or with Steph Curry, I would flourish with that. Not with Draymond. Not with Draymond. 
Not with Jimmy. Especially when I don't even think Jimmy, whatever. I'll keep it to myself. But the point being, so personalities, fits, all of that matters. I think that Joel does make Maxi better. And Maxi does make Joel better. But this idea that anyone made Joel the MVP is just nonsense. Joel is incredible. He is a basketball savant. People underrate him because of how incredible one Joker is. And unfortunately, because of how loud and boisterous Sixers fans have been over the last few years arguing this debate, which wasn't a debate. Denver fans are too nice. They're too kind. They're, they're high. They're like on a mountain, high altitude. It's thin air. They can't even think straight. They don't want to argue all day. Sixers fans, we're unhappy. Philadelphia, we're unhappy all the time. We're fucking unhappy. Even our happiness has a tinge of frustration to it. Well, that fucking lease, it's not this, huh? Well, why can't we just be like, well, great. This is great. No, we have to compare it to a negative thing to make it better somehow. We're just, we're anchored to the negative. So it, so because we're so loud, these arguments get so far separated that we can't really appreciate the whole, how incredible Joker is, how incredible Joel is. They're both incredible in different ways. Joel this year, this Joel this year is better than Joker, in my opinion. Joel last year wasn't. Joel the year before wasn't. I've been really, I've been mad upfront about that. And I said Joel deserved the MVP last year. I did say he deserved the MVP after the he gave 50 to the Celtics. But then after the playoffs, after everyone started shitting on Joel, there was not really anything I could say. I get it. The second round thing, that's true. It's an accurate statement. However, I still think it's too simple of a statement. It's not looking at all the facts and all the details. How can you just solely blame Joel last year for us losing in the second round when you have James Harden ball dominant, when you have Doc Rivers coaching us? And there is no adjustments and nothing is being done to make the game easier for our players because that's what the best coaches do. You need good coaching to win. I'm sorry to say, Nick Nurse won a championship. He's one of the best coaches. When Budenholzer won a championship, he's one of the best regular season coaches ever, except that, yeah, in the playoffs, he's not as good. So it's, it, re it required a Giannis incredible thing. But you know what Giannis had the benefit of that season? Was a team built around his skill set. Joel hasn't had a team built around his skill set. It's why I didn't want Harden here in the first place. I didn't need a point guard... I didn't need that type of point guard for Joel. I needed someone who could throw fucking entry passes. You know who could throw entry passes? Nick Batum. Great. That works fine. That's why he's been so great in the starting lineup. He's just a smart player. Knows how to throw entry passes, can hit corner threes, can defend. It's been great. Kelly Oubre, he, you know what he is? He is an athlete who can help clean things up. He can hit threes. He can get out in transition. Great. Tyrese can hit threes, get out into transition. He tries really hard on defense. Melton, good defender, good athlete, can hit threes, can get out in transition. Tobias, in his best, attacking off the dribble, get out in transition, hit threes, play good defense. Guess what? What do you get? You get a team that's actually really good. And I know people are like, ah, well, but they're feasting on the dregs of the NBA. That is true. We have been. But you know what? Good teams don't just beat bad teams. The good teams beat the shit out of bad teams. And that is what we've been doing. In this whole, these last two months that Joel's been playing, this 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 period of going 21 and 5, 
or, or 19 and five with Joel in the lineup. Uh, what is it? 19 and five? Yeah, I think it's 19 and five with Joel in the lineup. I'm sorry. Yeah, 19 and five, not 21 and five. I said 21 and five earlier. 19 and five. Is it? Are we 23 and 10? I can't remember right now. I could probably look at right here. I, you know, I don't. I, I don't. I don't know why I'm acting like I don't have a computer sitting in front of my face here. Let's take a look real quick. Right now, I've confused myself somehow. Even though I looked at this earlier with the loudest mouse clicks. Yeah, I'm sorry. 21 and five with him. Right, we're 23 and 10. 21 and five with him in the lineup. In this run, I don't know how many fourth quarters Joel's played, but it ain't been that many. <laughs> it ain't been that many. We haven't played that many fourth quarters. It hasn't been necessary. It hasn't been necessary. And so we've been blow beating the shit out of all of these bad teams. Yesterday, the Bulls won by, we beat the Bulls by 13. And that's fucking disappointing because the truth is, is we were up by fucking 30. Almost the entire game by the end of the first quarter, we were up 25. What? Yeah. We were up like 25 at the end of the first quarter. Joel had a triple-double by the third quarter, 31, 15, and 10 in the third, by the third quarter, in 31 minutes. Joel is something that we have never seen before. It's something we have never seen before, and this is why we need to be kind of mindful and respectful of that. You know what I mean? Like, this year, Joel is the MVP. If he doesn't make it to 25 or to 72 games, then that's going to be a shame. You know what I mean? That's going to be the, the 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 shame, the, the sad thing about it. But the truth is, is this is the best season of his career. It just is. It just is. I don't know how else to say that. I want to I wanted to look something else up here real quick, too, because. I just wanted to look in the previous because I know people have said we've been beating the shit out of the dregs. And while that's somewhat true, let's see uh, the magic. Uh, did Joel, Joel did not play that magic. Uh, yeah, he didn't play the heat. He didn't play the magic, the Rockets or the, or that bulls. He beat that bulls, right? We beat the Raptors, the Timberwolves game. Let's talk about that. I, I, I won't spend too much time on it. We beat the shit out of the Timberwolves. Joel, the best defense, the best team in the NBA at that point, the best defense in the NBA by net rating. Joel beats the shit out of him. And people were like, ah, but the refs, they were, what are you talking about? You don't blame the refs. Blame Joel. Joel puts people in foul trouble. It's what he does. He's been doing that shit to Rudy for fucking 12 years, however many seasons it's been. Ever since Joel, fucking Rudy had his first crep, he's been following Joel. He's been fouling Joel. Are you kidding me? He has been putting him in foul trouble. He's been putting Towns in foul trouble. He put, he's put he been put every big man. Joel comes across. Ain't got shit to do with the refs. He puts them in foul trouble because it's what Joel's, one of his smart things. And people complain about it because of, yo, Joel gets fouled all the time. It's the truth. It's what we know about Shaq. It's what I wanted to say about the sizeism thing earlier. A part of that is the fact that big men get called for fouls that are not fouls just because they're big. When they contest against smaller players and a small player gets wiped out, it may have been a vertical contest, but because the small player got wiped out, it's a foul now, and it shouldn't be. So, Joel gets legitimate fouls. Guess what? If you're playing stupid fucking defense, and I, you know what? I don't love people who draw fouls. I'll, I'll be clear. If you're hunting for fouls, I don't love it. And last year, I got frustrated at times. Last few years, I got frustrated when Joel would... Hunt for fouls and throw up dumb shots. This year, that hasn't been the case. Uh, 
He's been throwing up. He's actually been trying to score and scoring through the contact. He's doing a better job of that this year. And on uh, JJ's podcast, JJ Reddick's podcast with, with CP3, CP3 talked about this. Because JJ was like, you know, you're you ushered this in where people come off of a screen and you're you know, you're just kind of throwing up this this wild shot that isn't a real wild shot. And CP3 said, it's not my job. If you're coming around, if you're coming off the screen, if I'm coming off a screen and you're trying to get through that screen and you're putting your arm through, you're wedging your arm through to get through that screen and your arm is in my shooting pocket. That's your fault. It isn't my job to not get you to foul me. It's your job to play defense in a way that does not foul me. And he's 100% right. One of the fucking Rudy complained once. It's, it's, I know players are going to complain about foul calls, right? It, it, regardless if they fouled or not. But it's always confusing when they get really animated. And Rudy got really animated about one where he literally is reaching his hand into Joel's shooting pocket. Joel goes to shoot and literally hits his arm on the way up. It's a fucking foul every time. I don't care what you say. Guess what? If we play basketball, I'm calling that a foul. You going to complain about it? Well, get your fucking hand out of my way. I'm So I'm getting hot. I'm getting hot right now. I'm getting hot. I'm getting hot. So he beat the shit out. He beat the shit out of the Timberwolves. Um, <clears throat> uh, let's oh, hold on. There was one other game I wanted to see here. Uh, oh no, that, that was the wrong thing. Uh, we beat the Celtics once this year. Oh, the Lakers, the West favorite for so many people. Anthony Davis, MVP, maybe Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, one hundred and thirty-eight to ninety-four with a he- healthy team out there. They were playing. We beat the shit out of them. <laughs> right. We beat the shit out of them. What do you want? We beat the Thunder, another team who who are people are arguing is like, yo, is this team maybe finals bound? They just beat the the the, the Nuggets last week. Beat the shit out of the Nuggets. They beat the Celtics last night. Guess what? We beat them too. We beat the Celtics at one earlier in the season. You know what I mean? We beat the Pacers twice. We beat the Pacers twice before they beat us for the in season tournament thing. So, yes, oh, we beat the Suns. So, yes, have we beaten on some bad teams? That's true. We have beaten on some bad teams. But there are a couple good teams in there. And when I say good teams, it's the teams that people are talking about championships for. Teams that are sitting atop their conference. So, I I think that it gets a little overblown. You know what I mean? People are kind of trying to nitpick these things. And it's fine. But eventually, you're going to have to just admit it. We're 40 games into the season or, or, or you know, whatever it is, we're, you know, 35 games into the season. You've played a lot of teams at this point. Yeah, we beat the shit out of Detroit a few times. We're part of the reason why they set the record for most losses in a row. We beat the we beat the, the Raptors a few times. We beat fucking uh, the uh, I can't even remember who else. I mean, the Bulls, we've played 37 times already. We beat them 36 of those times. So what are you going to do? You play who's in front of you. We play the Knicks on Friday. I would bet that we are going to beat the Knicks. I'm sorry. I think we're going to beat the Knicks. I don't know what the OG and an OB hype is. I wanted OG on our team, but I don't want OG to be my second or third best player. Well, he he would be our third best player, but he's not going to be our third best scorer. You know what I mean? Like, uh, he might not even be our third best player if he, if he came here, depending on what we traded for him. But anyway, point being, you play who's in front of you. All right. What can you do? The the Bulls have been playing really good. They've been everyone's darling for the last three or four weeks. We beat, just beat the shit out of them. You mean we just like dismantled the crap out of them? 
we need a trade. We need, I would say Caruso is the answer. I don't want to see Jeremy Grant here. I've heard, I heard someone mention Jeremy Grant on a podcast. I don't want Jeremy Grant here. He doesn't help us. We're good there. We don't need any guy who says, who plays with Joker for a year and after says, ah, I don't really like it here. I want, I want my own team and then goes to the Pistons. I don't want that guy on my team. I'm sorry. I'm good there. I'm good. You know what I mean? Do, do your thing. Play, play with Portland. I don't want him here. I want Alex Caruso. We don't need superstars. I'm good. We don't need any star. There are no superstars out there. One. Two, we don't need it. We don't need it. Unless it was like fucking, I, I don't even know, Paul George or something. And we could get Paul George for very little. For the draft picks that we have and, you know, like Marcus Morris and Robert Covington, they can have them back. You know what I mean? And I don't know, maybe I'll throw Melton in there. But otherwise, I'm good. I don't want Levine here. No. I like Keldon Johnson, but I need a commitment from Keldon that he's about to play defense when he comes here. Otherwise, I'm good. I would have liked OG. OG's not coming. I would like Caruso. That's the other best person. We need a bigger guard to guard bigger players, to guard the Tatums. And we have some guys. We have wings to go. There's no one who can guard Tatum. He's fucking 6'11 or whatever he is. No one can really guard Tatum. But we need the guys who can help guard the other guards, guys who can, and Maxi does a good job. He plays hard, but against the Celtics, Maxi's too small to guard both Derek White and and Drew. He's gonna get punished by one of them. So you need a bigger guard. And Mountain is good defensively, sure, but he's also very, very small. You know what I mean? That's the problem with Mountain. He's just too small. We have too many small defensive guys. We have Mountain. We have Maxi. We have Patrick Beverly, and then we have uh, 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 what's his place? The Red Raider. No, he's not a Red Raider. Where, I forgot where he came from. Coming off the bench, who blocks shots but has no offensive talent at all. Uh, Jared Springer. He is a, a defensive stalwart, as good a defender as as Matisse, I would argue. But offensively, that man is. Devoid, man, I, pff, Lord, he is not good offensively. Wowee. So we have too many of these small guys. We need some bigger bodies who can defend. And we have a couple of these wings, and that's going to all help. Ubre, Morris, Batum, Covington, Toby. They're all going to help. They're all playing good defense. Toby's playing really good defense. But now we need a guard, too. So I think Caruso would be the answer. That's the answer. That's the guy you have to shoot for, in my opinion. I would also like maybe some scoring off the bench. In a perfect world, if you ask me, we would leave this trade deadline with not losing much, hopefully, with Caruso as our starting shooting guard and with uh, Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench. You know what I mean? That would be the perfect scenario for us. That extra scoring punch off the bench so that when Joel is out the game, when Maxie's out the game, we have someone who is a microwave. You know what I mean? Who can light it up. Who could finish some games in some cases if you need it. Um, so that's, you know, my thoughts. I think that, again, this is Joel's best season. Nick Nurse is doing a hell of a job coaching. I love just the adjustments he makes. Man, he made an adjustment yesterday I completely forgot about. Uh, and, I, and I wanted to talk about it today. Just something very... Very simple. Oh, we yeah, right, because we lost to, to the Bulls. We actually lost to the Bulls twice. 
We lost to the Bulls without Joel, and then we lost to the Bulls one game with Joel. And that game with Joel, Kobe White went off against us. He went crazy. So what did we do? We, we decided to trap him. From the beginning of the game, we trapped Kobe. That immediately, just immediately crushed their offense. It crushed their offense. They could not get around that just because a simple trap, just because Joel got out on screens, immediately trapped them, would hustle back to the middle, and that was it. Their offense couldn't recover. By the end of the first quarter, we're up by 25. So little adjustments like that, little different guys that Nurse will go with. I mean, essentially, you have your constant six. You have your constant seven, but eight through 10 could be any number of guys on any given day. We know Paul Reed's going to play. He's been playing great. We know Patrick Beverly mostly is going to play. He's been playing really, really well. And then after that, it's what? Maybe you'll get Cove. Maybe you'll get uh, uh, Danwell House. Maybe you'll get Morris. Maybe you'll get uh, 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 Springer. You know what I mean? So we're seeing just different lineups, different things based on the matchups. And I think he's just doing an excellent job. The offense that he's running, look up the videos on YouTube. Again, thinking basketball or b-ball breakdown, they'll break it down. They'll show you exactly what we're doing that's so different because it is different. We do not have an offense that breaks down, really. We have an offense that has a bunch of options that can get us buckets without Joel having to exercise a Herculean effort in order to make something work all the time without someone dribbling the ball for fucking 15, 16 seconds off the shot clock and then having to figure something out in the last eight seconds. That is why we are good. It's why our offense looks so fluid. It's why we're scoring so many points. Our defense is aggressive and hounding. Joel is aggressive on defense this year more than he has been in years past. Those are the differences. That level of effort means that any good team you play, you listen, the, the best teams in the NBA, you're not going to beat them every game. Unless you're the fucking, you're, you're the, 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 uh, the Warriors that went 73-9 and nine, or the Warriors with Kevin Durant or the, the second year of the Heatles. Unless you're those teams, you're not going to beat the best teams in the or You're, you're the, 87 Pistons, the, the 87 Celtics. You're not going to beat the best teams in the league every game. You're going to hopefully finish 500 against them, and then you're going to beat the shit out of all the bad teams. That is what we're doing. It's exactly what we're doing. It's exactly what we're doing. So that's it. I'm going to leave it there with that. Um, you'll be seeing, hearing more of me. I promise you that, um, new year, new me. And yeah, if, uh, if anyone has any thoughts, you know, hit me up, leave a comment, subscribe, whatever. Uh, I'm going to start putting out, uh, I'll, I'll be putting videos out soon. Uh, probably in the next month or so along with these podcasts. I just have to add a couple more things to my setup and that'll be done. And that's it. Everybody wash your hands, stay safe. Uh, Black Lives Matter, Arrest the Cops Kill Breonna Taylor, Asian Lives Matter, Jewish Lives Matter, uh, uh, Palestinian Lives Matter. Every fucking life matters. Stop hating everybody. Everyone love everyone. That, that's going to be my new tag. Everybody love everybody. ELE, man. All right? Everybody love everybody. Take care, everybody, and I'll see you on the next one. Justice for the blind, just something that'll find in the rhyme that are coming from my mind, used to coming from behind.